Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon, and we hope it blesses and encourages you. Good morning again. I'm Pastor Dave Jamerson, and I want to welcome you to our Renovate Church online service. Uh, Last week, we started a short two-week series uh, on the book of Habakkuk. Again, that's an Old Testament book. It's uh, three chapters long. A lot of people just zip right past it or overlook it, Uh, but we started this little two-part series called Even If, because there are some things that we can glean from this short book of the Bible that are extremely relevant to where we are today and the things that we're going through. And we began to just unpack this book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk again, finds himself in a situation where there is uh, moral decay around him in the nation. Uh, There's a lot of strife and consternation. Uh, it's, It's a chaotic time. And he is wondering, God, where are you in the midst of everything that's going on? Like, God, why are you silent? Uh, Why aren't you acting? Um, Why are you allowing this to take place? Uh, God, why is uh, wickedness seemingly prevailing? And so he finds himself uh, in this place. And we said last week that uh, many of us uh, find ourselves in this place in the midst of our spiritual journeys, that there are times in all of our lives where uh, we begin to see um, the circumstances in our lives or the circumstances around us and we can uh, lose faith. We can lose heart. We can uh, question God and, and, and say like, God, like, I just don't get this. And we said last week that one of the things that we really saw and took away uh, from the first uh, few chapters of Habakkuk is that uh, Habakkuk was able to run to God in the midst of his um, confusion and his concerns. He didn't run away from God. And again, we, all of us, will go through 
times when uh, circumstances will be contrary in our lives. And we have decisions to make during that time of, of hey, how are we gonna navigate this? How are we going to posture ourselves as people, as believers, um, as Christ followers uh, during this time? And uh, we also said that not only like on a personal level, uh, do we all have to navigate this at times, but uh, acutely in the season that we're living in, um, this is a reality that we find ourselves uh, in the midst of uh, a lot of chaos going on in our culture and going on politically. Uh, and, and it has had an effect on um, people. It's either, I think, it's forced them to extremes of either uh, indifference and disengagement or it's forced them into uh, maybe overreacting and alarmism. And so uh, we feel like this, this particular book uh, is really relevant uh, for us uh, during this time period. And so uh, just again, to give you a little bit of background on the book of Habakkuk, uh, it's found in the Old Testament. It's the eighth of 12 what are called minor prophets. And what we said is that each of these minor prophets have experiences and storylines that we can truly glean from as they navigated their life experience with God's reality and God's truth. Um, that, uh, that, that, that truth is relevant to our lives of, of everything that they went through and learned and experienced. And so Habakkuk is the eighth of 12 uh, minor prophets. And uh, Habakkuk, his name means one who embraces or wrestles. So we said last week in week one that uh, in the midst of the pressure that he was going through, he chose to uh, embrace the purposes of God. He ch chose to embrace the nature and character of God uh, during his season of conflict uh, and confusion and uh, concern. And so I think that's just really uh, just um, so uh, just neat that that's what his, his name means. And so uh, we say that he was writing most likely from a time period of 610 to 605 BC. And uh, this is again, when a time when his nation was in chaos, uh, there was just, um, people were falling away from God, wickedness was prevailing, right was wrong. Uh, and and, and he, he finds himself in the midst of this just saying, hey, man, how do I live? How do I walk? How do I navigate? these kinds of realities. And so um, we had a couple big takeaways uh, from last week, uh, big ideas. Uh, and one of them is this, that um, what do we do when things don't go the way that we want? And that's a, that's a big thread through the book of Habakkuk because things are not gonna go uh, the way that he had hoped, the way that, that he wanted. Um, 
So I can guarantee you in our life, there's going to be times where things just don't make sense. There's going to be times when circumstances are going to be contrary to us. And um, we have a decision to make during that time of are we going to uh, continue to trust and love and follow and worship God or are we going to let it derail us? And so that's why we've titled uh, this particular uh, series, Even If, even if things don't go the way we want, even if things don't change, even if things are difficult, hey, we want to continue to hold on to our relationship with God. We want to continue to hold on to the call of God on our lives and continue to hold on to God's uh, purposes. And so... Um, we also said this, that uh, the book of Habakkuk starts off again in chapter one with Habakkuk in a place of complaint and concern. And it ends, and we're going to look at that today, it ends with him being in a place of deep confidence in God and commitment to his purposes. So, so, so why? What allowed him to do that? And we said that one of the big decisions that he made right away uh, in chapter 2, the first couple verses of Habakkuk 2, uh, um, he complains, God responds to him and says, hey, listen, I'm going to do a work in your day that you wouldn't believe. Habakkuk, I am at work. You can trust that. Uh, and Habakkuk made a decision at that point in time where he said, hey, listen, I'm going to stand watch. I'm going to position myself in a place of diligence and alertness. And I'm going to um, position myself in a place that I can continue in proximity to God, to continue to hear his voice and his perspective and his leadership in my life. Because, guys, this can become confuse, confusing and everything that's going on and all the different perspectives and opinions and what's going on. He says, I'm going to position myself there. And that was a huge move for how he ultimately successfully navigated his culture and navigated his challenges. And so um, what we want to pick up uh, today in um, uh, where we left off last week, and, and we kind of want to just explore again, like how was he able to end up in a place of, of, of deep confidence in who God is and, and committed to his purpose. So, so let's unpack that a little bit. Uh, let's pull back, that back to see what we can learn in uh, our own lives. And so uh, let me pick up um, uh, where we were um, uh, last week. So uh, we uh, were in um, chapter two of Habakkuk. And again, Habakkuk had made his complaints. God had responded to him. Uh, uh, Habakkuk had, had then uh, responded himself. Um, and then here's, here's God's uh, answer to him uh, in Habakkuk chapter 2. Here's what he says. The Lord says, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it 
For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. So Habakkuk has positioned himself in this place to be able to, uh, to, to truly hear God and get God's perspective. Okay, and we talked about that last week, that how important that is for us in the season and that, hey, over this next season of time, we wanted to challenge and encourage you to deepen your wells as well. That we are going to be uh, starting next week on the 24th, a series called Walking with God, where we're really going to be digging into like, how do we, what kind of attributes or what kinds of things uh, will allow us to successfully walk with God and, and, and navigate the challenges that we face. So I want to encourage you as much as you can to be a part of those services. We're going to be meeting in person, again, regathering. We have a, a beautiful new facility that we're going to be meeting in. So I want to encourage you to come be a part of that. Uh, invite your friends and others to, to, to come. So we're, we're excited about that. But we're also going to be doing our daily devotionals at 8 o'clock on walking with God. And each morning just spending 15 minutes or so pulling out of Scripture truth and reality of how we can walk with God well. We're also going to be launching small groups uh, the week of the 25th, uh, January 25th. And we we'll be going uh, seven weeks of small groups through a book called Frequency by Robert Morse, Tune In, Hear God, of how we can truly cultivate the voice of God, uh, that relationship in our lives, because it's that important. And so here we find Habakkuk, right? God begins to, to speak to him and he tells him, hey, write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets, so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. Okay, so what he's telling Habakkuk at, at this time is, hey, I'm about to unpack for you what's going to happen. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what's going to uh, come about. Now listen, I want you to write it down. And here's why I want you to write it down and record it. I want you to do this, right? So that uh, people can um, under, and understand and believe that I am who I say I am. That I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I, I am the God of creation. I am the supreme God. Right? I want you to, to write this down. And listen, we have the recorded uh, scriptures. And these from Genesis to Revelation are stories and truths of God's interaction with us, with humanity, with history, that God has been at work all the way through. And, and people took time.
time to write these things down, right? The book of Luke starts off, he says, hey, I thought it was important that I would write down and record everything that Jesus began to do and teach, right? Right? Why? Because So that it could be a testimony and a witness, right, for those who would come later, those who would, who would come after. And so he's telling Habakkuk, Habakkuk, I'm about to unpack for you what is, I'm going to bring judgment on the nation of Israel for their sin. Hey, listen, it's going to come from an unexpected place. It's going to come from Babylon. Here's what's going to happen. Judgment is going to come. It's ultimately going to be a part of my plan and my purpose. You can trust me in that. It's redemptive. It's restorative. But in time, I will also bring judgment to the nation of Babylon as well. And listen, that has historically happened. One of the things that uh, our world uh, and particularly our country battles with during this time is just this thing of unbelief. And I have a friend of mine, Greg Pritchard. Uh, Greg got his doctorate and dissertation from Northwestern University. And uh, when he was coming out, he had uh, multiple opportunities in front of him. I believe he had the opportunity to go kind of be the CEO of a financial planning company. He had the opportunity, I believe, to go become like the president of a Bible college. But then he said he had this, this passion in his heart for Europe. He had the passion for the re-evangelization of the continent of Europe that, that was in him. And he, so he uh, went over and began, he launched this ministry in Europe called the European Leadership Forum. They do incredible things uh, throughout Europe. And um, he would come periodically to our missions team uh, at the church that I was at in Indianapolis. And he would give this presentation every year. And he would say this. He would say, um, guys, let me ask you, what is the fastest growing religion in the world? And somebody would inevitably raise their hand and they'd go, Islam. And he'd say, hey, here, here's how Islam is growing. He would show the chart. And uh, no, it's not the fastest growing. Somebody would say, um, Christianity. He'd say, hey, here's how Christianity is gr growing up across the globe. But it's not the fastest growing. Somebody would say, I mean, is it Buddhism? Uh, is it Hinduism? Like, what, what is it? And so he would show that. And then he would say, hey, listen, the fastest growing religion across the planet is unbelief. It's, it's people who have just chosen to say, and, he, and he, he, he would always talk and he'd say, guys, listen, for a hundred years, Europe was in revival, they had the great awakenings. And he said, he said, it was like this. And then all of a sudden it just whoo, dropped that, that now the continent of Europe is like 2% evangelical. Said, so, you know, Europe was the leading missionary sending center of the world. But yet now it's just like, he said, here's the chart. He said, what happened? He said, man, there, there begun these challenges that began to come in to Europe. 
and the church didn't know how to navigate it. They didn't know how to respond. And so all of a sudden, higher criticism began to come in out of Germany and really attack the word of God and say, hey, we can't trust the word of God, right? A low view of scripture, right? Like this isn't the uh, authoritative word of God. Like this was written by men, okay? And he said, like higher criticism came in and it kind of uprooted the church and uprooted believers. And then all of a sudden, Darwinian naturalism came in and secular humanism came in and all these things, uh, the enlightenment, all these things began to attack the church and faith. And he said what happened was, unfortunately, that, that the church and believers had grown like spiritual ivy, but they didn't have strong root systems. And he said, so what happened was the, the church got uprooted and uh, that uh, believers got uprooted. And he says, many, many people walked away from their faith during that time because they couldn't reconcile like... Uh, truth with what they were experiencing, truth with science, truth with education. And he said, uh, those who didn't walk away really just moved to what was a privatized faith, right? Like, hey, I'm going to kind of continue to believe what I believe, um, but I'm not going to have this have any impact um, in the marketplace or publicly what's going on. People retreated to a place of, of privatization. And so he would always say to us, hey, listen, like what's happening in, uh, uh, what happened to Europe, what's happening in the world is happening in the United States, right? That the fastest growing religion here is, is just people not believing. And so God comes to Habakkuk in the midst of his culture and chaos and confusion. And he says, hey, Habakkuk, listen, I'm real. Hey, Habakkuk, I'm at work, okay? I want you to write down this vision. I want you to record it because when it comes to pass, it's going to be a testimony to those who, it's gonna be a testimony to you. It's going to be a testimony to the nation. It's going to be a testimony to the world. It's ultimately going to be a testimony. It's being a testimony to us right now that, that there really is a God. In the book of Acts, Paul is in a very similar situation. He's, he's, he's preaching in Athens to, to intellectuals. And he's telling them, he says, listen, um, uh, God, the God who created the heavens and the earth was not made by man's hands, okay? Uh, but this God, this unknown God, it's in Him we live and move and have our being. And He has appointed a day that he, where He will judge the world in righteousness, having given truth to this by raising Christ from the dead. Paul was speaking into a highly educated, intellectual um, city and place who those things had become barriers to the gospel. And so he's telling uh, 
Habakkuk, hey, write down this, this vision, this revelation, make it plain on tablets so a herald may run with it. And he said, look, the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end. It will not prove false. Though it linger, there's credibility to what God is saying there. And listen, we said last week that we are living right now in this in-between. And how are we going to live in between. We're living in this in between, both culturally of like, hey, we're all waiting for things to get back to normal. They're not as we would have wanted. They're not as we anticipated. So how do we live during that time? And we said, we live intentionally and we live faithfully and we continue to be on mission right? That's what Habakkuk did. So we're living in this in-between waiting for things to change. And as the John Mayer song, waiting on the world to change. I think that's who sang that song. Um, but we're also living in the in-between, between what God has promised through Christ and uh, Ultimately, when we go and see him or ultimately when he comes back, these promises that he has made of, of how he is at work in the world. So listen to what he says again. He says, write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. The revelation awaits an appointed time. Okay, it speaks of the end. It will not prove false. And it didn't prove false. All of scripture, as we said a little bit ago, is the stories of God interacting with history and interacting with humanity, right? Uh, validating who he is, that he is true, that he is real, that he is living, that he is that he is powerful, right? He is involved. He is engaged. That's who he is. We can take great confidence in that as we navigate our own challenges. So he says, listen, it will not prove false. Though it linger, right? There's going to be this time period where it didn't happen right away. So Habakkuk's like, hey, God spoke this. I know that it's going to happen. It, 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 it hasn't happened yet. But I trust and believe that it's going to happen. I've written it down, right, um, as a testimony and as a witness. Um, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. It will certainly come and will not delay. I mean, Jesus spoke in these types of terms when he came. Hey, truly, truly, I say unto you. Right? That's the kind of language. Hey, truly, truly, I say unto you, I go to prepare a place for it. If it was not true, I would not say it. Truly, truly, I say unto you. Right? That's the kind of language that Jesus spoke with. So here's what he's saying to Habakkuk. And then verse 4 says, But see, the enemy is puffed up. That, that, Again, one of the reasons God was, was, was um, using this circumstance of Habakkuk, using his life, using his challenges, using everything that was going on, was, yes, one, to prove um, who he is, that he's God, that he's God supreme, that he's God sovereign. But, but also, right, to, 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 to give us confidence 
in his plan and, and what he's doing as we live in our in-between. But here's the thing. The world is puffed up. Many times in Scripture they say, there's a passage of Scripture that says, oh, you know, God has gone on a long journey and he's not coming back. And, um, hey, we can just live however we want. I mean, that's what the Israelites said when Moses went to get the Ten Commandments. Ah, we don't know what happened to this Moses fellow. Let's just begin to indulge in revelry and let's create idols for ourselves. And, and they, they, just, they just walked away from the living God and who had just proven himself to them, you know, just, you know, right before that. All through Scripture, we see, we see that. So we saw that in that time period. We see that many people say, oh, you know, hey, uh, where is God? You know, he, again, he's on a long journey and he, you know, uh, he's not real. He's not coming back. We see that in the parables that Jesus talked about in the New Testament where the landowner, and it says he, he, you know, he uh, entrusted this to some stewards and he went away on a journey, right? But he was coming back and they just were like, hey, this guy's not coming back. Hey, we can just kind of do whatever we want. And so here's the thing that I want us to understand of, of what the book of Habakkuk is saying to us right now is... Um, Hey, God, I just, again, I just want to give you these real quick. Hey, God is real. He's real. He's big. He's powerful. He's worthy. He's transcendent. That, this is who God is. And he's revealing himself. God is sovereign and, and in control. Uh, God is a God of justice. That that's what was happening here. It's like, hey, things are just always going to go on uh, as they are. And, and they're not. That God is a God of justice. Paul said to those in Athens, hey, God has appointed a time when he will judge the world in righteousness, having given proof to this by raising Christ from the dead. And so... God is big. God is powerful. He's worthy. He's sovereign and in control, but he's also a God of justice. Aristotle said this, the highest virtue is justice. And, and as we live in the in-between, we can have deep confidence. So here's the thing as we continue on. So again, Habakkuk 1, Habakkuk is complaining about What's going on? God answers him and says, I'm at work. Habakkuk responds and says, hey, this is how I'm going to posture myself. I'm going to watch. I'm going to stand. Okay, I'm going to listen for God's voice. God then says, hey, this is what's going to happen. Write this down, right? So that the people who hear it may run with it. They can have confidence in it, right? And, and then he explains everything he's going to do. And then we come to chapter three and it is Habakkuk, right? basically responding to this and worshiping. Chapter three is a song. It's a song of praise. That's how it's, how it's written. But Habakkuk is, is essentially, look at what he says here. He says, uh, starting in verse one of chapter, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day, in our time, make them known in wrath, Remember mercy, right? 
God came from the, he's the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise. He's, what is he doing? So how, how did he go again from a place at the beginning of Habakkuk of complaint, concern, consternation, confusion, chaos, right? How did he go to that to then just two chapters later in chapter three to going to a place of, of deep confidence in the character and nature of God and committed to his purposes? How did he, how did he go from that? Again, right? Because he he heard God's voice and, and he heard what God was going to do. God did it. God kept his word. In Genesis to Revelation, God always keeps his word. Everything God says will come to pass, comes to pass. And Habakkuk saw that. And, and he said, God, okay, you're real. God, I can trust you in the midst of everything that's going on. And what it's producing in me is, God, this praise and this confidence and this commitment. That's what he's doing through, through chapter 3. He's, he's in this place, again, of, of just deep confidence in God. Were you angry with the rivers, Lord? Was your wrath against the streams? Did you rage against the sea when you rode your horses and your chariots to victory, right? Sun and moon stood still in the heavens at the glint of your arrows, at the lightning of your flashing spear, right? I mean, you came out to deliver your people. You saved your anointed one, right? Right? So he said, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound right? My legs trembled, yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. God, um, you're a God of justice. I can trust in you. I can trust in that, okay? And then he says this. He ends with three, three even if statements. God, even if, even if, things don't change. God, even if things get hard. God, even if things don't go the way I had hoped. God, even if things don't go as I planned. God, even if I'm going to love you, cling to you, worship you, serve you. This is the word in this hour to us as, as believers, as the church. Even if, look at what he says. He says, Starting in verse 17, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet... I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. He says, even if, even if the fig trees don't bud, even if there are no grapes on the vines, even if the olive crop fails, even if fields produce no food, even if there's no sheep in the pen, even if there's no cattle in the stalls, why? 
Here's why. Because he ultimately didn't get into his relationship with God for ultimately for what God could do for him. And this delusion of, hey, God owes me this perfect life, uh, this entitlement of, hey, if I do this, God will do that. And hey, I'm ultimately serving God in a transactional relationship, right? That, hey, I'm going to serve God because then he will provide for me and 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 everything will go well and I'll be blessed. And, uh, da, 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 da. And, and he says, hey, even if those things don't happen, even if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve God. Why? Because I ultimately got in it, right? For him himself. I ultimately got in it because of who he is. His radiance, His beauty, His glory. Not ultimately so that I can live this, this enamored life, that I can live this enchanted life, that I can live this problem-free life. That's not why. He said, because that's not a reality. That's not a reality. So look at what he says again. Though there are no sheep, three those, though, 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 yet what? I will rejoice in the Lord, man, there was something that had been cultivated in his heart and in his spirit and in his soul that, that circumstances couldn't steal, that circumstances couldn't rob, that adversity couldn't touch. He said there was something in me. What? Yet I will what? Not just, uh, uh, not just, um, you know, uh, uh, Yield myself to God, not just, you know, no, no, no. Uh, I will what? Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. He had a, a joy that was beyond circumstance. Here's the thing. I listened to some messages from somebody else who preached on this. And they said, if you read Habakkuk, you'll see his circumstances never changed. But his commitment did. His commitment, his circumstances never changed. His relationship with God stayed strong. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Man, those are such strong words. It was something that had been deposited in him that culture and adversity and the world and chaos couldn't touch. He ends with this. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights or the high places. Man, even though, even though, even though, yet I will rejoice. I will be joyful. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my, he, what's he saying there at the end? He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, enables me to tread on it. What's that? He, he puts me above my circumstances. Paul wrote the same thing in Ephesians 1 when he said, listen, you are what? Placed in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, right? We can be above these 
These circumstances don't have to ruin us. They don't have to derail us. They don't have to. Why? Because we have something deposited from the Spirit of God that we have cultivated on the inside of us that we can continue to walk in joy. We can continue to walk in faith. We can continue to walk rejoicing. We can continue to walk in strength. That's the message of Habakkuk. Complaint, concern, chaos, consternation, all reality, yet he ends with deep confidence and deep commitment to God's nature and his purposes. I hope that this little two-part series on the book of Habakkuk, even if, I hope that it ministered to you and encouraged you. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for your word. It's, Lord, it's like, God, it, it, it's a light into our path. It's a, Lord, it, um, it, it strengthens us. God, thank you uh, for the story of Habakkuk and what we can learn from it. God, um, I pray you would just deposit strength. You would deposit joy. God, you would deposit uh, confidence. You would deposit um, faith and commitment and uh, peace to every person who's watching this. I pray that, uh, God, um, they would not let the circumstances of life ultimately rob them, God, of, of their relationship with you, the promises that you've made, the joy that we can have, the peace that we can have. God, I ask this in your mighty name, in Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thanks for joining us. We look forward to having you uh, with us next week as we start walking with God. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you were able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.